0: peace to you welcome back to the naked truth thank you for joining me we are in the book of ruth and we've made it to chapter four we're almost done with the book of ruth actually it's a really short one um if you want to read along with me let's begin with verse one now boaz went up to the gate and sat down there and behold the close relative of whom boaz had spoken came by so boaz said come aside friend sit down here so he came aside and sat down so the people we're talking about are Boaz. That's um Naomi's um kinsman, a relative of Naomi and Ruth. And um he's also the person whose field uh Ruth had been working in gleaning grain to for survival so that they could eat. And um you see and the other person being talked about, the close relative, relative is the one who um in the previous chapter Boy, as mentioned, has a right of redemption uh, according to the laws that the culture um, uh, lived by back then. Whereas, if a man dies, his um, brother and he has brothers, his brother has the right and responsibility to marry the dead brother's wife and raise up children to him. That's the sort of redemption that's being talked about. And it's discussed by the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders in the Gospel when they ask Jesus about resurrection and the afterlife, and so forth. It's that same law that's being referred to that cultural law that um the people who um who are talking about are involved in the children of Israel would do back then. I'm not sure if there are people who still live by that law. I imagine there are some congregations. Or sex of the same religion that do, but that's what we're talking about here. And so, um, the person who Boaz mentioned has a right of redemption, ownership, in other words, of roots. Since, again, at this time, women were property either of their father, their husband, or um, or uh, to, because for they needed someone to take care of them in the society because they didn't have the same rights um, as men did. Sort of like now. There's more that women have now, but it's not an equal rights thing at all. Um, Because if it were, there would be equal pay, and there's not, at least not in America and in many other societies. But um, right now, we're talking about Ruth, Boaz, Naomi, and now the near the kinsman redeemer. He's approaching him to see if he's interested in, um, in the inheritance he has, and the inheritance is a human. That person is Ruth. Um, because remember, women are property at this point. Verse 2, and he took m- 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. So now, he, since he's talking a legal matter, because it's a legal thing about ownership and property. Um, he, the other people that they he's asked to join them and sit down are witnesses. Verse 3, then he said to the close relative, Naomi who has come back from the country of Moab sold a piece of land which belonged to our, our brother Elimelech so now he's giving them the background story on what's happened on how Naomi and Ruth have ended up back here in Canaan the so called promised land whereas they had been in a neighboring country Moab Um. so to survive after her husband and sons died uh, Naomi and Ruth came back to the um, uh, promised land, the Canaan, the western side of the Jordan River where the um, rest of the children of Israel well, not the rest of them but um, a large portion of them the majority of them were so she's returned to that side of the river and um, to, for survival and she sold off the property that she had to make it Um, verse 4 and Elimelech um, was the relative who is the um, who ties Naomi and Ruth to the um, western side of the family family living on the western side of the river verse 4 and he's gone also by the way deceased verse 4 and I brought and I thought to inform you saying buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people if you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is no one but you to redeem it. And I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. So um he's letting the relative who has the right of redemption, who has the right to buy that property that Naomi sold for, for survival, the relative who he's talking to has the right, if he wants to, to pay and buy that land that Naomi sold off so he's asking him well if he's interested in getting it go ahead and buy it and if you're not if not he wants to buy it Boaz wants to buy it and Boaz is being a little crafty in what he's telling him because he so far he hasn't mentioned Ruth because remember she also is property verse 5 then Boaz said on the uh, but before we move on, so the relative says he's interested. He wants that piece of land that um, was sold that Naomi sold off. Verse five. Then Boaz said, "On the day that on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance." So that's what he's reflecting back on here. Perpetuate is um is replaced in some versions of the Bible with the words raise up. And that's what I was talking about before where if someone dies, then his brother has to raise up children um, in his brother's name from um, the same woman. He has to take possession of the widow of his brother and have children with her and the children that he has won't be called his own children. So if his brother's name was Steve Stephen and his name is Richard, or Robin or Robert, so if um so, okay, so if there's two brothers, Stephen and Robert, and Stephen dies, then Robert has to marry Stephen's wife, so any of the children they have it won't be called Stephenson. son. they'll be called son rather than Stevenson because um I'm sorry, they'll be called Stevenson rather than Robertson because the children that he has won't be his own uh legally. They'll be his biologically, but that's not what matters. They'll be his brother's children legally because it's to raise up children for his brother so that his brother's name won't die, so that his brother's name will live on, the children he has with the widow. And he can have other women and have children with them. They'll, they'll be Robertsons, but the children he has with the widow will be Stevensons Um, in a nutshell. So that's what he's telling him on the day that he goes ahead and purchases that field um, that Naomi sold off. When he redeems it, um, buys it back. Because Naomi, she's a woman, so um, it's I don't know by their law if she'd be able uh, uh, legally allowed to buy it back or not. But one of her close relatives, a man, can buy it back. And um, so that's what he's telling him. He has the right to buy that land that she sold off. And uh, but when he does. The other property that comes with the land is the um, her daughter in law Ruth so again does that really sound like that's from God that people are property that someone can own someone else or be given to someone else it doesn't sound like it to me but it is what the society and um, the religion are uh, pushing at this point in the narrative so um, that's how I think of it but believe what you want verse 6 And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. So in hearing that um, purchasing the field would also include purchasing the woman Ruth and having children that won't be his, even though they're his biologically, um, but they'll be considered the dead man's um, children. He's like, no, nah, that's okay. He doesn't want that deal then He doesn't want the land that badly that he's going to have to also take on a new woman uh, as property and also have children from, um, and then those children and that property still be accounted to the dead man rather than himself. He'd rather just go ahead and pass up the opportunity on the land and that uh, extended family. Verse 7, now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was a confirmation in in Israel. So rather than people having a handshake in modern times or signing on the dotted line, instead when people made a contractual agreement back then, apparently what they would do is take off the sandal and give it to the other person. And I don't know if they each swapped a sandal. I'm assuming they probably did. Otherwise, one would be walking around and only one shoe. But um, however they did it, that's the same thing as signing on the dotted line or shaking hands in agreement on something back then. And that just brings to mind to me where something like that must still be active in modern times in some societies. Since remember when the previous president, uh, George Bush, um, after some of his disgraceful acts when it came to the lies about weapons of mass destruction and all of that when he was in one of the middle I think it was Middle Eastern country I'm pretty sure it was Middle Eastern country somebody took off their shoe and threw it at him it was caught on video you can search it and see Um, and he dodged it really quick and nimble Um, but it seems to me that something similar something about the shoe um, must carry some sort of um, deep meaning for people since, again, this is the same similar part of the world that we're talking about at this part in the Bible, it's the Middle East. And that's where that happened also with the shoe being thrown at the previous president. Um So anyway, that's um the agreement that they would make is swapping sandals. And apparently, since he agreed um, that he doesn't want to do it, they are going to use the sandals as the agreement. Verse eight. Therefore, the close relative said to Boaz, buy it for yourself. So he took off his sandal. So yeah, that's, um, they've agreed now that the close relative is telling Boaz, it's okay, you can have it. And uh, he took off his sandal. Verse 9, and Boaz said to the elders and all the people, your witness is this day that I have brought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Shilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. So Shilion and Melon, excuse me, are um, the two sons that Naomi had with Elimelech, her uh, deceased husband. And um, now Boaz is, has the witnesses recognize that the nearest nearer kinsman didn't uh, choose to redeem it for himself. So Boaz is redeeming it for himself. He's purchasing what Naomi sold off. Um, again for survival she sold off what her husband had and what would have gone to her sons who are also deceased Uh, she sold it off and now Boaz is purchasing it and as part of the purchase not to get ahead we'll just keep reading verse 10 moreover Ruth the Moabitess the widow of Malon I've acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his possession at the gate Your witnesses this day so again that's what we were talking about previously that that's how the tradition is if someone dies their brother and all of that uh, inherits their property and carries on their name Um, if they have children it's the dead brother's child not their own Um, and that that's that's the tradition and it's legal even and that's what matter more than the biological and in a sense that lives on in modern times also if um if there's um say there's a people are married not even married so there's a couple of ways it lives on if there's um if there's a a woman who gets pregnant and um isn't married if she gets married to um uh, someone else before the baby comes regardless of who that baby belongs to the baby gets the name of the man she's married to and legally is that man's responsibility the one she married not the one who actually fathered the child also if a woman is uh, married to a man say, and cheats or you know somehow gets pregnant some other way um, even if they're separated but if they're still married if she gets pregnant from another man while she's still married uh, even if that other man is interested in her and interested in being a father legally the baby is still the one she's married to and that that's who would be responsible legally for anything involving the child uh, including child support so um, it's something similar to that back then whereas um, in this case if he marries if Boaz is now marrying Ruth if he has a baby with her, and they're going to, spoiler alert, the baby wouldn't be considered his, it wouldn't be considered Boaz's um, son. It'd be considered, I said Shilion or Malon's, uh Malon, sorry. It'd be considered his child um, legally, even though biologically it's Boaz's. And I just mention all that because when we read in the Gospels, where it talks about um because this is part of Jesus's family tree according to the uh, lineage laid out in the gospels um that's how it's um it's considered and, and when it talks about the lineage it lists Boaz as the um as the son of when it said talks about um the father of when it lists the begats the this one begat that one this one begat that one or this one the son of that one the son of that one when it does that in this case it mentions Boaz it doesn't mention Malon um, so it's kind of interesting there that even though in the society it's um, um, it's legally Malon's child it, biologically it's actually Boaz's and it's the biological that counts when they're listing the genealogies in the gospels even though um, that's not what um, matters societally um, so anyway verse. Um, so the, all the witnesses are witnessing the agreement between um, the parties verse 11 and all the people who were at the gate and the elders said we are witnesses and the Lord may the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah the two who built the house of Israel and may you prosper in, prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem so they're basically saying, God bless you, we um and the agreement and this um that you've made and the marriage. And he's um they're also saying the Lord make her like some of the matriarchs, Rachel and Leah. Those are the two um two of the ones that helped um produce what are called the twelve tribes, even though sometimes it's more than twelve they're the sisters that one of the patriarchs were married to Um, but they were also they also had a couple of other side pieces, concubines servants, slaves enslaved women that they also had children from that helped create the others of the twelve but they're saying in this verse they're referring specifically to Rachel and Leah and of those two only Rachel was loved of all the wives, side pieces whatever you want to call them the only one that was loved of all of those women was Rachel. And with her, that patriarch only had two children, if I remember right. It was Joseph and Benjamin. And, um, but he had kids with all the rest of them too. And that's just one more example before we keep moving of how religion and norms change. But uh, the commandment is still the same. And um, just so, so, so as a note, So watch out for Bible thumpers because they'll say things like marriage is supposed to be one man and one woman. Clearly that's not the case. Verse 12, May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. So not only do they use the bigamy example because again, those two sisters were married to the one man and that also now that I think about it is another thing that's sort of outlawed um, in the laws that are aligned of the statutes and things that religion has laid out in previous chapters since the time of those patriarchs that had all those different wives it was later said you're not supposed to marry two sisters you're not supposed to marry um, um, family like that and yet here they're saying God bless you may you be like them And then as if that wasn't, um, I would say bad enough, as if that wasn't contradictory enough. Verse 12 is another example of some more biblical kind of craziness. Tamar um, got pregnant from her father-in-law. So they're saying be like her. And the way she got pregnant was she pretended to be a prostitute. And he thought he was seeing a prostitute, didn't even recognize her when he had sex with her anonymous sex with her and none of that was condemned at all he didn't know who she was when they had sex and he got her pregnant his own daughter-in-law and didn't even recognize her um so that's the tamar and judah that they're talking about in that verse and again religion in modern times bible thumpers would condemn all of that sort of stuff if you do any of those sort of things and yet it's laid out right here in the bible and it wasn't condemned by society or the lord quote-unquote when those things happen and here lord is still being translated from jehovah at this point in the um in the um chapter so just things to keep in mind um verse 13 so boaz took ruth and she became his wife and when he went into her the lord gave her conception and she bore a son so now when they say went in they're talking about sex they're saying boaz had sex with her And presumably that means that when he took her, when she surprised him on the haystack, that they didn't have sex then, that they both restrained from doing that. And that whatever baby she's having now wasn't actually conceived that night. Um, But whatever the way it goes, it's saying here they did have sex. That's what the winning went into her means. And um, they're saying that she also got pregnant and had a baby, a son. Verse 14, then the women said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative and may his name be famous in Israel. So the community is happy for Naomi that even though she's lost her husband and lost her two sons, now her daughter-in-law turned out to be the hero um, in giving her an extension of her family uh, by by Boaz marrying her and her conceiving and having a child from him. Verse 15, And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has born him. So the community is so happy for Naomi that she's not a dry tree, but instead she has a grandchild now through her faithful daughter-in-law, Ruth. Verse 16, then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. So, uh, I don't think it means she's nursing him literally like breastfeeding him. But I think she, they're saying that she's raising him basically as her own. Her grandchild is that close and precious to her that she's treating it as if it's her own child. Verse 17, also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there's a son born to Naomi and they called him Obed. He's the father of Jesse, the father of David. So again, I think that's what they meant when they said she became a nurse to him. She's looking after him as if it was her own child. So much so that the um, people around them are saying that Naomi's had a child. Naomi's had a son. Not that they believe it's Naomi's literal son. But Naomi's treating him so preciously, uh, so closely, so attentive to him. That it's as if it was her own son. And now we're getting into the lineage the genealogy of um of the descendants from oh um from Ruth and Obed I'm sorry of Ruth and um Boaz, and it's the same lineage listed in at least one of the Gospels where it traces jesus's uh lineage and genealogy um so the David it is talking about that it's eventually leading to is the same King David. Um, so it's only a couple of generations from um, David, Solomon, and all of those narratives in the Bible. So we've made some headway in the Bible. Seems to me pretty quickly, more quickly than I expected. The fact that we're almost through with the book of Ruth and already talking about David, um, the David and Goliath David. Um, so anyway, verse 18. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez, we got Hezron. So now they're looking back. And tracing the family tree all the way back to the time of Perez. And again, that's back what I was saying. But um, Tamar pretended to be a prostitute and had sex with her father in law, tricked with her um, father in law, um, anonymously, no less. So it's going to go through the different names now. So I'm just going to read through them and just stop at the ones that stand out although it's pretty short, it's not like some of the ones later on or previously Um, so that was verse 18 verse 19, Hezron begot Ram and Ram begot Aminadab verse 20, Aminadab begot Neshan and Neshan begot Salmon verse 21, Salmon begot Boaz and Boaz begot Obed so now this genealogy that's being listed is Boaz's genealogy not um, uh, Naomi or Ruth's but Boaz's Um, verse 22, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. So again, uh, Obed is now Ruth's uh, son that she had from Boaz. Jesse will be Obed's son, and then right after that comes David, the king David, David and Goliath David. So we're almost there. And almost through the end of the book of Ruth, but right now we're at the end of this chapter in Ruth. And let me just check. We might be to the end of the book of Ruth that might yeah that actually is the last chapter in this book so we finished this chapter and we finished this book who would have thunk it we're now moving on god willing to the eighth book in the old testament just like that thank you for joining me for the naked truth i appreciate it and hope you'll join me again i love you and i'll see you next time stay safe peace be with you